Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series from canvas to screen on select Saturdays in March. Enjoy a film that captures the drama and beauty of some of history's most celebrated works of art, including Metropolis, Days of Heaven, and Marie Antoinette at NortonSimon.org. An unexpected story out of the so-called hot labor summer. Binge all four episodes of Imperfect Paradise Strippers Union, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Film Week on LA Estate 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle with the directors of the Oscar-nominated animated feature Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The directors are... Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming, and congratulations that this week you got the well-deserved Oscar nomination for Best Animated Feature. It's got to gotta feel great. <laughs> thank Kemp, you. Yeah, thank thanks you. for having us. Kemp, let me uh, start with you, because you stepped in following your film, Souls, Best Animated Feature win, uh, to now co-direct a sequel to another Best Animated Feature film. Expectations very high here. How did the expectations for the sequel across the Spider-Verse influence, if it did, the development of this movie? Um, I, the, one of the wonderful things, what excited me about stepping into this project was that into the Spider-Verse didn't really influence this at all. They wanted to try to do something completely different. Um, and coming off of Soul, which I was so excited to work on that film as both a co-writer and a co-director with um, Pete Docter, um, it was really exciting because I thought of Soul as an original film, and in a weird way, I thought of Across the Spider-Verse as just as much an original film as Soul. So the characters recur, but just, yes. you don't really see it as or didn't think of it as a sequel. No, I really didn't. It was more like taking a character that I, I'm just a I was just a fan like everyone else with Into the Spider Verse. So I just saw that and was blown away like everyone else in the yeah. world when they saw it. It was like, oh, do you want to have an opportunity to take these characters and go on a completely new, interesting, original journey and introduce a lot of other characters that I was pretty excited about. So for me, they're both original films. Uh, Justin, you were production designer on the first film. Mm -hmm. It had such an incredibly unique look, and it was groundbreaking in the animation. So as as a co-director of the sequel, what did you want to amplify from the first film or really add in, in bringing back Miles and Gwen? Well, I think because we had a different story, I, I wasn't actually interested in doing a sequel either. And when they first brought it up to me, I was kind of like, well, we kind of did that. And I'm I'm really interested in always pushing the medium as far as it can go. So, But when they presented the story to me and I saw that there were all these opportunities to create these new dimensions, to try out new techniques that I had only touched upon in the first film and even new techniques that we hadn't even thought of to create all these new dimensions that would require the development with our visual effects team of brand new technologies that didn't even exist. They had to create software, new software to and techniques to be able to make the paintings move across the screen and, and all the line work that was on the characters that looked like it was drawn by a comic book artist. All this stuff had to actually be made, and we didn't know how it was going to look to make uh, Spider-Punk, Hobie Brown, look like a 1970s punk rock poster come to life. We had to develop all that, but we had these ideas right from the beginning, and I just couldn't step away 
And that's what boggles my mind is I understand having the idea, but then how you execute to get that image, this end, and the reference like he's moving through it just the way this static image that we all know that we've seen, you know, thousands of times. And he's moving through a film. It is just I can't imagine the excitement when you see that work. Oh, man, the excitement is the right word. There were times when I we would be in our our little sweat box, we call it. It's a little screening room where we're doing all this work with our crew. And they would show us a test in, like of Hobie Brown or when the spot, when he turns into like the evil spot and all mm-hmm. the effects are swirling around. I would jump off the couch and I would run around the room screaming and clapping for, for the crew because there was so much experimentation and bravery and iterations that it took to get there and to see them after all these attempts over and over and over again to, for us to finally achieve something that none of us had ever seen before was it was it was an amazing experience we're talking with the three directors of the oscar nominated spider-man across the spider-verse that was justin k thompson from whom you were just hearing joaquin dos santos and kemp powers the other two of the uh, trio of directors on the film Joaquin, give us a sense of how the three of you work together. Was there a division of labor, and uh, or or were the three of you pretty much uh, on the same things together? Well, I mean, I think early on, uh, you know, we were all in all the same meetings uh, for a year and some change. We were sort of lockstep in everything, and and that was really sort of a, not only a, a sort of feeling out process for where we sat with the film, but where we sat with each other, and, mm-hmm. and thankfully we all get on really, really well. Um, but we also got to sort of understand each other's tastes and opinions and where we might differ. So, you know, each of us has sort of a superpower that we that, that is our, our filmmaking background. Um, and when production really got rolling, we got to sort of rest into those, those spaces. Um, and when stuff came up, you know, Justin is like a super pro at pausing a meeting and saying like, hang on a second, we got to get a quick you know, confab with the other two directors, and we'd jump into a jump into a meeting if possible. Um, but when that wasn't unavailable, you know, uh, available to us, we sort of understood each other's filmmaking vocabulary enough to say, like, I think this is something that you know would be a red flag for Kemp or for Justin. Um, and that, I mean, that's kind of how it went. Uh, but that first year, year and, and change was really a bonding experience. How many for us. years did you work on the project? Four plus. Wow. So yeah. it started even. Before I, the end of the other Yeah, films. I came in at the tail end of the first one. Um, and, you know, I was just like Kemp. Justin was nice enough to bring me into these lighting meetings, but I hadn't seen anything other than a trailer that had sent these reverberations through the industry. And when I finally got to screen the film, and Phil and Chris are sitting in the row in front of me, they turn around and they go like, all right, so, like, we did that. Uh, how do we, you know, how do we completely change it now and do something bigger? And my, you know, my brains are melting so out of my ears. Yeah, and I'm like, groundbreaking thing. Hang on a yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, that had it was it daunting? Hugely daunting. Hugely daunting. I got really nervous when the film started sort of really sort of receiving critical, you know, recognition. And uh, these two guys, uh, along with Phil and Chris, really sort of talked me off a ledge because I was, I think I was working myself up a little bit, and they said like, hey the success of this film is going to afford us creative freedom. 
it's going to allow us to really push in spaces that that we might not have been able to had the film not landed in the way it did. You you have uh, an extensive background, if I'm not mistaken, in doing television animation. Yeah. How much of that is in the skills that you developed in doing that are transferable to a feature? You know, I, I think features is a really long contemplative game. You, you, you get to work scenes over and over again and really refine them. But I think when you're in the trenches and sometimes decisions need to be made sort of in the moment, I think that's where I was able to really rest on some of my TV experience because we don't have the luxury. We have to, you know, it's the first or second try at bat and that's what's going out the door. And I think when we found ourselves in some pretty deep waters, that came in handy. We're talking with the trio of directors of uh, Spider-Man uh, across the Spider-Verse, the uh, film that has been critically acclaimed and now Oscar-nominated for Best Animated Feature. We're talking with Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. I want to talk about uh, the the different uh, dimensions, these worlds that you create that each have their own totally distinct identity. And um, Justin, maybe you can talk to how you come up with the look for the particular demand, or or is that the dimension follows the look that you're seeking? Which which comes first? I think actually what comes first is the character, mm -hmm. and it's always a story decision. And we had this amazing character, uh, Miles, and it's his story, and it's about his journey away from home and for the first time, and throwing him into these unexpected places. And thinking of emotional ideas that would resonate and tell his story. So, in other words, we had this idea of we wanted to throw him out of his world into a place that was completely unlike anything he'd ever seen. And we started thinking what would be very different from New York, from Brooklyn. And we thought of when we saw in the comics, oh, it was right there, Spider India. <laughs> and so we said it would be awesome. And so when we said, so we started developing Spider India's world. Pavitra Prabhakar's world, we started saying to ourselves, well, are there, are there ways to make this different? And thankfully, our Indian animators on our, our team said, hey, there's these comics that we used to read when we were I a kid. I love that. They must have been so excited and they oh, could bring oh that God. into yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. yeah you because this is something in. most of us would not be familiar with unless you know we were exposed to some of the artists who are working in India. We'll come back and pick that up. We're talking again with the three directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. We'll be back with more on Film Week in just a minute. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day -day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. It's Film Week on LAST 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle with the three directors of the Oscar-nominated animated feature Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Returning Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy and a whole host of new characters and new dimensions as well to Miles' saga. I'm joined by Justin K. Thompson, Kemp Powers, and Joaquim Dos Santos. Uh, we were just talking about the, the animators in India, the artists there, uh, saying that there were 
you know, comic books and artists working there that they could bring that look into it. Kemp, you know, talk a little bit to how, for the artists who are working on this, there are things that they were able to bring in from people they admired. Well, that was one of the most exciting and I think gratifying things about this whole process is that our crew, we had a crew of a thousand people from all over the world. And this unique story that we were trying to tell was was great for them because it opened up opportunities for them to bring their personal selves into the filmmaking process. And that's something we always encourage from the very, very beginning. Um, a good idea should and could come from anywhere. Mm. And if a good idea, if someone had a great idea, it was very easy for them to filter it all the way up to us, to the directors, to, to Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the producers. And on a film like this, where, I mean, Spider-Man India is a great example. I mean, <laughs> there were so many animators who are of Asian or uh, Latino descent. And this is a unique opportunity for them to speak up as they see things come across their desk. And and we had the agility and flexibility to really act on that. I mean, India is a unique case because we got pretty far along in the production process on Spider-Man India's world. And I remember the first time we we screened it for the crew and it takes a lot. I want to really like I can't overstate how how much bravery it takes for them to do this. But a group of animators actually wrote us mm -hmm. a long email saying um, we, we love this character. We think he's interesting, but we think he could be cooler. We, we don't think you've quite yeah. gotten it right. Yeah. Now, at a certain stage in the production process, it's common in film to say, well, you know what? We hear you, but you know what? It's too far it's too along. Late. It's too late. There's nothing we can do. Mm. Instead, we very quickly assembled a writer's room of all Indian and Indian American um, writers, comedians. We even invited Karan Sony, who, Karan Sony, who was the voice of Pavitra, into the room. And we spent an entire day just spitballing ideas, rebroke, rewrote, redid the entire sequence. And a sequence that went from probably one of the weaker sequences mm -hmm. in the film in early screenings turned into one of everyone's favorite scenes and one of the strongest oh, scenes. Oh, it's great. And Kemp, for you, you know, as you're sitting in there and hearing all this, it's got to be thrilling for you as a writer because you're learning all this stuff as well. And one of the things that I loved about Soul, too, because I'm a huge jazz fan, I felt the because it's a culture, I know the cultural specificity of soul is just mm -hmm. like, yeah, dig it, this is right, this is right. And and I'm sure for people who are seeing their cultures represented in Across the Spider-Verse, it's got to be thrilling for them to see it and to get it right. I would hope so, because one thing I've always believed is that cultural specificity, people shy away from it because they feel like they it's going to alienate an audience. I think quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Cultural specificity is what makes us all lean in. It reminds everyone in the world that our stories are are universal. It's been so interesting on this whole process meeting other filmmakers. Part of the reason why I'm actually in the film industry is because of Alexander Payne. A lot of people don't know this. Um, when I f took my first screenwriting class, the script that we were deconstructing was about Schmidt, an Alexander Payne film yeah. that's literally about like an insurance, an old white insurance salesman in the Midwest. There were universal themes in that film that connected to me, a black man from Brooklyn, New York, examining his own life mm. and ideas. And it's like, wow, it really is true that like no matter the, the specificity pulls me in because it's interesting. It's yeah. unique. It amuses me. It, it, but then it opens up this door to universality. And, and I think that was the case with Soul. I, 
definitely think that's the case with our film, not yeah. just with Miles Morales, but with all of these different characters. And it's just such a delight for audiences in England, in London, in Camden, in India, for people to send us little clips of videos from theaters in mm -hmm. different parts yeah. of the world, seeing them rejoice in, in these themes that we do believe are universal while also seeing their culture them themselves represented authentically. I should mention Kemp as well. For those who aren't familiar, you also wrote One Night in Miami, yes. <laughs> critically acclaimed uh, stage production, which was then adapted, of course, to a uh, very well-regarded feature film. Thanks. So, uh, wonderful project you've been involved with. That's Kemp Powers, one of the three directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, along with Joaquim Dos Santos and Justin K. Thompson. What came out, I wanted to ask you, uh, I mean, speaking, speaking of cultural specificity, if I'm not mistaken, um, you were born in Portugal. I you'd was. go back and visit a lot, even though you're raised in the States, but you'd go back and... Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm just, did that give you a sort of international sense to, that you bring to your work? I mean, it's, I, I wouldn't say it's international. I would say, you know, Spider-Man was, my middle name is Aranha, which means spider in Portuguese. Oh, wow. Um, it's like our family crest. So Spider-Man was literally like the first pop culture, anything that I You're can destined. remember seeing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the character sort of generally was was a bit universal because he's the working man's superhero. You know, he didn't, he didn't come from, he doesn't have a million dollar mansion. He doesn't have all the coolest technology in the world. He's sewing up his own suit when he gets beaten up by the supervillains. Um but what I will say about this film uh, in particular, and, and, and again, to touch back on, on uh, Pavitra, is seeing other artists moved to create their own art as a result of this film has been like, I think, the, 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 this, the sort of like greatest joy that, that we could have. There's beautiful murals that, are, that were done in India, I think, that might not have happened had we not leaned in and been so specific with 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 our characters and with their characterization um so i think that's across the board i don't i don't know that i brought any international flair other than to say that like you know i grew up with western comics which were all the marvel and the dc yeah. books specifically marvel no hate on dc um but then in europe uh comics are are sort of held to a different regard um and graphic novelization is is really you know my my aunt and my my uncles and cousins they all read comics they were reading tintin they were reading lucky luke um and they were held at this this different standard so i think having that sort of in the in mm -hmm. the the back of my mind uh, allowed me to feel comfortable elevating uh, some of these characters. Let's let's talk a bit about the technology. Justin touched on this bit. You had to invent stuff. Mm. Um, and Joaquin, maybe maybe describe for us some of the things that you know solution you needed for a challenge and and a piece of technology that solved it. I would say I'm going to just throw to Justin because okay. he really is the guy to answer this question. All right, Mr. Tech of Spider Man. Oh yeah, Mr. <laughs> Tech. Well. I'm the guy who sat in the room while really smart people actually <laughs> figured out the tech. Um, actually, um, I think one of the most difficult challenges was when we were actually developing Spider-Punk. Um, there are, I mean, everything in the movie was complicated. There was nothing that was off the shelf. Everything was custom. I have to stress that the entire movie is one gigantic special effect. Um, but when we were developing Spider-Punk, you know, we had played around with different frame rates, but then we started saying with Spider-Punk, you know, he's a character, everything's story-based, and he's a character that doesn't follow the rules. He needs to represent that visually, that he's just a character who doesn't follow any rules. And so we said, 
you know, his head needs to move on one different frame rate. His arms need to move on another frame rate. His body needs to move at another frame rate. The camera has to move at a different frame rate. And all these things need to be controlled and given performance by mm -hmm. the animators. This is not something that is easy to do. And they had to work really, really hard and smart and brilliantly to figure it out. And once they did, it was kind of incredible because they could make they could make him move almost like puppet him and let him react in to Daniel Kaluuya's incredible voice performance yeah. and hit these like marks that Daniel was hitting with his voice wow. in a way that I don't think I've ever seen before. And they could change the animators. We also gave them control to like change the color of different parts of his body. And like, and we wanted him to be constantly changing in every scene. It was a is a huge technical challenge. I, I also thought it was. I mean, I I really I'm glad people have been noticing it. But the element of the technology that it's easy to get lost in the technology. And one of the things I thought that we did that I thought was really cool was when we did get the tech right, we would still have artists come in and draw over it. Oh yeah. So that you see the hand of the visual artist. Mm -hmm. at, even at the at the very last step, usually the hand of the artist is in the beginning, and then it kind of is given over to the technology. We kind of start with the artist. Yeah. We go through this long technological stage where VFX and all these things are are you know really laid onto the film. But then the artists come in at the end again, and you see it in the drawover line. You see it in the line work and the drawovers of the artists. A great example of that would be on the train chase scene which I think a lot of fans noticed in when they saw it in the trailer where Miguel O'Hara is chasing Miles Morales and when you freeze on any single frame it looks like a work of art and you see like little notes from the you see all these little these little like um yeah. artistic things that were done after the animation So these are subtleties that the audience picks up uh, not necessarily at a conscious level no. but the impact of it is so much greater because of that hand because of that human touch at the end And it makes reviewing such a delight I, I love the fact that people see the film again and again and again and notice different things, things. Um, every time they watch it Gentlemen we are too quickly out of time but thank you so much for coming in and talking with us This has really been fun and thrilling the creative endeavor that you undertook Took with a kind of pressure I know had to be there given the success of the predecessor film and you pulled it off beautifully congratulations on all the honors well deserved thank, thank you, you so much thank you appreciate so much appreciate it the three directors of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Joaquim Dos Santos Kemp Powers and Justin K. Thompson it's Film Week on LAS 89.3. Thank you so much for joining us. If you missed any of our conversation or the reviews previously with the critics, you can hear the entire hour wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful weekend. Hey, it's Brian, the host of the How to LA podcast. How about we go to the movies? Join us for a 10-part series, Revival House, and discover the magic of L.A.'s indie theaters. Who knows? You might meet someone. I know it sounds antithetical because you're just sitting passively, but in fact, you're connecting with everyone else around you. Subscribe to How to L.A. from L.A. Studios wherever you listen to podcasts.